Welcome to Creating Synergy, where we explore what it takes to transform. Whether you are transforming yourself, your team, your business, or your community, we'll connect you with insightful and challenging leaders who share their stories of successful transformations to give you practical ideas for your own journey. Join us for another insightful episode of Creating Synergy. Welcome back to Creating Synergy, episode number two. We are, what are we? We are, <laughs> a lot of has changed, I guess, since, um, since episode one. Since episode one, and that was only a couple of weeks ago. It was. Where the world has been uh, has been taken over, so by this little thing called coronavirus, mm. which is really interesting. So, I guess. Just to explain to everyone, Creating Synergy is a is a podcast that we're aiming to help businesses with their cultural leadership and change and transformation and helping people in these businesses really adopt new ways of thinking that can uh, really improve the business and the people, help the people within the businesses. So um, today on episode two, my name is Daniel Franco. I am a director of Synergy IQ. Um, and today we've got Michelle Holland, who is also a co-director of Synergy IQ and author of, of three books in culture and leadership, her newest and latest being Culture Inc., uh, which is a must-read for people who uh, <laughs> are, have that on, on their mind right now, I guess. Or um, are sitting at home with lots of time to kill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, I did see a quote talking about we've got more time to do all the things around the house, read the books, play the games yeah. um, that we've wanted to do for a while. Yeah, that's the theory um, anyway. So welcome, Michelle. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Daniel. Yeah, we hadn't anticipated I was going to come back so quickly, but given the intensity of the situation, <coughs> we thought it was good to ramp up um, and get out um, some I guess some podcasts or some information that we thought that would actually help businesses going through this this time at the moment. Yeah, the world has uh, has been turned on its head, hasn't it? Really, it's it a scary time for most, I guess, in the sense of the uncertainty, mm. which is sort of the scary piece in all this. Is what's happening? What do we do? And mm. we're obviously concerned about loved ones and our and our and our lifestyle that's sort of been ripped away from us. Yeah. Um, yep. So yeah, it's a interesting world. That's it. So if you're tuning into this, and uh, you know it's 2025 now, in 2020, you'll remember that there was this big virus that yes, came out, correct. and scared the crap out of everyone, essentially, and turned the world on its head. So, so today is March 18th. Is the day <laughs> yeah, 2020? We're, we're in the midst of it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. So we thought today we would talk about. Still talking about culture because that's part of what we we need to be talking about. Um, Of course, uh, culture is a bit of a different topic today than it was even a week ago. Absolutely. So I'm just going to get straight into some questions, Michelle. I think everyone doesn't really want to hear us rabble on about this too much. I think culture has been really a big part of businesses up until now and, and, and we, you often say culture just is. Mm. It's been on the, on the lips of a lot of business owners and boards, uh, especially of late, and really in ways to improve their culture and grow yeah. their businesses through through the culture stream. But that's been replaced by this word called coronavirus <laughs> right yes, now. Yeah. What do you believe is the impact that this virus will have on businesses and their culture? Mm. Well, I think... The, the biggest issue for me 
or it seems to be for the coronavirus and the way businesses are responding to the coronavirus is the uncertainty that is in, I guess, public mindset. The governments are making different calls on a day-to-day basis. Everybody's watching what different, different, you know, world leaders are doing. Uh, there seems to be a different decision made almost on a daily basis right now. So people are really dealing with that uncertainty. They just they don't know what's they don't know what they don't know. And because of the uncertainty, what a lot of businesses are doing is they're battening down the hatches. They're putting um, pause on all of the things that actually make businesses great. The biggest concern, I think, for businesses, particularly if you're talking about their culture, is this social distancing it's uh, it is an interesting uh, interesting term social distancing i think in my opinion it's the wrong term to actually utilize it really what we're trying to achieve is physical distancing so we're trying to make sure that people are staying away from each other so that they're not transmitting any kind of com- you know communicable diseases so social distancing for me has a really unhealthy context when you think about cultures in businesses the way in which we interact in businesses uh, it concerns me that we are encouraging people to uh, disconnect from each other as far as the impact on culture and business culture it will have an impact culture however is is deeply ingrained in the dna of the business so unless it's about completely pivoting your business like corona and it's not the coronavirus that's doing it it's the decision making that sits around coronaviruses the coronavirus sorry that is making businesses have to pivot have to change the way they're working Uh, It's not the actual virus that's doing it. It's the decisions that are happening around it. But because they are changing the way they're working, that will absolutely have an impact on their culture. Whether it's a long-term impact is a really interesting question. I think we need to watch as it grows and as people settle into this new way of working. That virtual world that has been around for years and years and years. Um, I was just talking about a friend of mine this morning who uh, she's worked from home for the last fifteen years. You know, so it's it's commonplace for her. Yeah. And uh, she's in a global business, so yeah. you know they all talk to each other, etc. So it's very commonplace. Probably for eighty percent of us. It's not as commonplace. It might be we work from home one day a month or a couple of days during school holidays or when we can get away with it, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. Because businesses are still in that phase of does work from home mean that you're not actually working and instead you're doing your laundry in the middle of the day and you're not doing your job. Is it the attachment to the nine to five, I guess, in, if you work from home? They expect you to be on your computer from nine to five and then now working from home just throws that completely out of the water yeah i think it's actually more basic than that it's literally i can't eyeball you if i can't eyeball you and i'm the kind of manager that that has a low trust 
center, then I'm going to be questioning whether you're working. So we're still in a very old fashioned traditional world of if your bum is in the seat and you're sitting behind a computer, you know, because nowadays it's the computer is the factory, right? So offices are are the factories (laughs) now. I'm sitting behind a computer. I'm, I'm on a seat. My manager is sitting across from me. They can see me. I come in at nine, I clock in, my computer goes on and then I leave at five. There's an assumption of trust that work is getting done. Uh, there's, you know, I guess the illusion that work gets done more in an office environment. Actually, the research shows that people are much more productive when they are able to, particularly if they're doing data work or writing or, you know, individual work, if they are in an environment where there's no distractions. They are much there's more less, less interruptions, I was going to say. Totally, totally. Mm. So, you know, businesses are needing to... They're needing to pivot the way they're working to accept those new ways. I think for me, the biggest thing for culture in this state of crisis is it's going to highlight your culture dramatically. So if you have a high collaborative, trust-based, performance-driven, outcome-driven, customer-centric culture, then you will thrive during this period of time if you have a low center of trust both you know from the manager to the staff from the staff to the manager if you have a low center of um, agility within the business if there is a uh, an environment where uh, micromanagement is the you know the commonplace that managers drop into their people's work on a day-to-day basis if that's the kind of culture that you have it's going to be tough And it's going to really, really highlight those negative aspects of your culture during this period of time. 100%. I think uh, for me, and something that we often speak to our customer base about is that culture is what gets done when no one's looking. Yeah, totally. And so this is absolutely... (laughs) 100% where we are right now. Absolutely. It's in the DNA of the business. That's the thing. And right now the DNA of the business is completely changed. So it's how do we respond to that? And if we've got an already dynamic, agile style business and culture, then during this period of time, there's going to be pain. Don't get me wrong. But those kind of businesses are more likely to be able to weather the storm. It makes you think, that right now, this is the rise of the gig economy, isn't it really? Yeah. This is the rise of remote working. We can hire anyone yeah. that we want from anywhere in the world Absolutely, to yeah. do this job. It doesn't need to be a bum on a seat in South Australia, Victoria, New South Wales, wherever it might be. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And I think there's a lot of businesses that are already there, but this is definitely throwing people into a position where they can either... Uh, find the opportunities in that or find the problems in it. Mm. Um, probably and find the problems in it is is more uh, more real for most businesses. So given that it could potentially really highlight the problems of culture mm-hmm. and obviously you said the thriving ones, obviously less, mm. but those who are have a lesser culture, should they forget amongst all this crisis about their current cultural programs or should they just focus on getting through <laughs> just, just get stuff done look that's a 
that is actually a really big question, right? And the standard practice is generally in crisis times, uh, in uh, recessions. We see, saw this in the, the um, when the GFC hit. The first thing that businesses decrease is their spending in training, their spending in employee programs, their spending in marketing as well as another one. So, and customer contact and experience. The decrease in spend is unfortunately around all of those human-centric areas. Now, that might seem like a really good thing to do in the immediate, and it absolutely will help fix some of the short-term financial issues. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. The issue will be is if this is not a three-month issue, this is a six, 12, 24-month and we still haven't invested in our culture, we haven't invested in our people, we haven't invested in our customers, we haven't kept our people current, um, kept their capabilities current, because the companies that do that and keep their people current, the people who stay current, will zoom ahead. Yeah. So when we hold back on investing in capability building, and whether that's capability building individually or by teams or by organizations through culture programs, we're actually holding our business back. Now, there is obviously some sensible um, reasoning behind that. My advice is do it today, maybe do it tomorrow, but if we're still in this same position in September and you're not investing in your people, you are going to put yourself into a different kind of crisis. Yeah. And I, that crisis will be as soon as the bounce happens, because there will be a bounce, this isn't a financial crisis, this is a health crisis. So as soon as there is some sort of leveling off and we go, okay, it's all right now, we've, we've got the fix to this, we've got virus busters or whatever they <coughs> come out with, yeah. clearly not a scientist, <laughs> whatever not, it is. Ghostbusters. Yeah, Ghostbusters, the virus busters. <coughs> It'd be nice busters. if it was, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Whatever that is. And there's a bounce. It's the companies that have invested with their people and they will keep their good people. The ones that haven't, the ones that at best ignore their people, at worst treat them badly through this period of time, they won't bounce back the same way because as soon as the economy starts lifting again, what you see happening is the good employees, the ones that are producing the best outcomes, they're very employable. Mm. So they go, hey, now I can find another, another job, I'm going to. So short-term thinking makes short-term decisions which has long-term negative impact. And I think we need to be really careful about that as a business. I guess each business is is in its own scenario. Are you talking smaller SMEs, small to medium enterprise versus the big corporates have different budgets, different priorities. Smaller businesses are in survival mode. They are. However, we should not forget about our people. Yes, yes. Look, it doesn't take any money at all to stay connected with your people. Correct. It doesn't take any money to have a phone conversation with somebody or a Zoom conversation with someone or Skype or whatever one. You know, we don't want to yeah. be promoting any particular I guess brand. Was, but. My, my comment's more about the development of the people in a time of crisis. Development yeah. is something that drops off, but however, it's the way we treat our people. We 
we marry together, yeah. solve problems together. That's right. We create purpose together. Yeah. That's more important in a smaller business than what it is in a in a larger business. Absolutely. That's right. And you know, if there is there is a capability gap in our in the managers of the leaders of the business in that space and helping people through that they're already not communicating with their people, they're gonna struggle mm. during this time. Absolutely. You know, it, and I guess on the flip side, it's the perfect opportunity to actually upskill. If you're working from home and you don't have the distractions of the hundred meetings that you normally have every week, you know, you're having shorter meetings because they're online. Um, you're having less commute time. There's a whole host of They get you know, almost two or three hours back in your day. Absolutely. You can be investing in your own development. You I, would, can. I would say you should be. You should. Yeah, well, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think, um, you know, if you're not investing in your development, then nobody else is going to. Absolutely. So it's, you know, it starts. Well, it, it starts goes back to what you said before when the, when everything goes back to, you know, in inverted commas, uh, normal whatever normal will be whatever normal yeah. looks like if you have invested that time in yourself mm. you're essentially in front totally you're in front and now there's the you know the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hour rule mm. and whatnot if you're if apparently the, the statistics show if you've 5% smarter or more knowledgeable I should say in a certain area than the next person they consider you an expert yes right so <laughs> It's really, it's really interesting. The the, mm. the power of what you could get out of self development in the yeah. next three to six months is huge. Absolutely, especially when coming back, and we're going to probably see rise. Considering this isn't a financial downturn, it's a health yeah. crisis that has had financial impact. Mm. We'll see the rise quite strongly after, I believe, anyway. Oh, absolutely! And look, there's. You know, the, the world of learning has been moving online for a number of years now. There's still I don't want to bite off my nose to spite my face here because there's still absolutely a benefit of face-to-face contact. We are a social creature. We're we're hardwired for connection. So being that's why when you're in a live training program or a live workshop or a live conference, whatever it is, and you're surrounded by other human beings, a a music event, you know, a, a a comedy show, and you're surrounded by those other humans, there's a different energy level that Mm. happens and we bounce off of each other and we grow from each other and that connection is really important so we can't underestimate that that disconnection that's happening now is going to have an impact on our ability to to connect it's almost it's going to have an impact on our well-being yes i think that's probably absolutely it's going to have an impact on our well-being and online training is actually really good nowadays there are some amazing things that you can learn online Um, do you have a plug (laughs) (laughs) no we won't go there there right now but uh, you know i mean i've i've done a ton of online training with different providers over the last 10 years Uh, one because it suits my my lifestyle I can learn at you know midnight if I want to learn at midnight yeah, or on Saturday morning. Um, I can listen to podcasts and you know audible books and whatnot in the car. I can learn on the go, which suits me, suits my lifestyle. There's a lot of opportunity. I think that's probably where I'm where I'm coming from. There's a lot of opportunity to to learn now and and get yeah. some good good training. You know, from people that are around the world as well. It's a great oh, there's so much available. It'd be, 
it'd be remiss of anyone to not even consider it. I think it oh, would be yeah. you'll fall behind the eight ball if you don't consider developing yourself in these next six months. It's that simple. I think so, yes, because clearly um, businesses are going to be more conscious about spending large amounts of money on leadership programs, training programs, you know, for your, the broad audience. Yeah. It will be more bite-sized learning and you're absolutely right if you can take control of that don't let somebody else dictate your the Mm. input of learning for you Mm. you know if you're listening to this and you're sitting at home going okay what's next for me i've you know i've done my eight hours now i've got my two hours that i would normally commute back and forth from work do something to learn in that absolutely grow well, it's an investment, isn't it, really? You spend oh. $50 on a little two-hour course or something like that. You get one pearl of wisdom that could increase your pay wage by eight to ten grand or Absolutely. something like that. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, Everyone totally. really does need to consider it. And obviously, it's not going to work with every scenario and every training. There are, there are a few ones out there that aren't so good. There are some yeah. that are really fantastic. You've got to find what suits you yeah. the best, I guess, yeah. yeah. But worst-case scenario, you spend 50 bucks and you watch a few videos that just aren't that great you've learned something from that yeah don't buy that yeah. particular video again <laughs> yeah you know the brands and everyone that you yeah, like that's right. absolutely so in saying all this it really is interesting you obviously are an expert in leadership what role do the leaders play in ensuring that their culture stays strong during this time mm. of, of crisis and we talk yeah. about coronavirus COVID-19 or you know this scenario yeah. that we're in right yeah. now it's crisis mode. And, and where it do is. the leaders come into play? It is. It is crisis mode. You know, it's really interesting, actually, because I was, I was reflecting on conversations that I had uh, with leaders in um, a business that we worked with a while ago as a large water utility business. And we were talking about culture because we we're doing some work with them on their, their culture and uh, um, how they how effective they were in work. And I remember having this conversation with one of the leaders there saying, you know, I actually believe that we're, our culture is better during crisis. Yeah. And I was really quite curious about that. So I was, you know, I sort of asked her a little bit more about it. And, uh, you know, why do you think that is? And she said to me, she says, well, when you're in crisis mode, you actually do what needs to get done. You don't worry so much about all of the fluff that sits around it, all of the bureaucratic stuff that sits around it. Your leaders are more likely to make quicker evidence-based decisions rather than emotional-based decisions because they need to get stuff done, done quick. That's a constructive culture. Absolutely. That's a constructive culture. And, uh, And when I went and tested that with a number of other leaders in that business, because, you know, obviously a few years ago we had, you know, quite a big big drought across Australia, so they were dealing with drought time. And they were saying the same thing. Yeah, when we were in that real crisis time, we worked so well together because we didn't allow the little things to get in the way. It's the little things that get in the way on a daily basis that start to kill our culture. It's those... Um, you know, it's my way, the highway stuff. It's the frustrations we get with the systems and practices that we have in place. This is where leaders' role is really important, particularly in this time, because they are the ones that can make 
good decisions. They are the ones that can allow their people to be more innovative now. This is a perfect opportunity to start looking at all of those little things that are getting in the way of you having a great culture. These are the things that are standing in your way for being effective. You know, the communication methodology that we're having to use now has got to be much, much stronger, much clearer. You know, we we talk about clear as kind. Mm -hmm. We have to be really clear. If we've got a more limited access to people because you know we're not just walking by them in the corridor or we go mm. oh I just need to talk to Sam because there's Sammy standing in the lunchroom we're actually having to go okay I need to talk to Sam Sam is potentially at home or wherever Sam is and I need to call Sam now and arrange a time to have that conversation there's a lot more you know need for planning there's a lot more effectiveness that needs to happen in that So leaders can actually start gathering a lot of information through this period of time of what's making my team more effective, Mm. what are the things that are holding us back, what are the things that we could do and are doing differently, what does my team need from me as a leader? Mm-hmm. That's probably the essential question right now in, in this in a, in a virtual world. In a virtual world, what do my team need? Like how can I how can I stay connected with them? And as a leader, you don't have to come up with that all yourself. You talk to your peers, you talk yeah. to your people. The best thing you can do as a leader is say, Hey, how do you want me to communicate with you during this time? Is it via Zoom? Is it via text? Do you want me to check in once a day? Do you want me to, you know, what do you want? What, what do you need from me? What yeah. can I do to make your life easier during this time? Um, so that's one way as far as working is concerned. The other aspect right now is there is a huge amount of fear and grief yeah. that people are going through right now. And as a leader, we have to be really, really conscious of that. We have people who are, you know, from not being able to go to a play that they wanted to go to. School of Rock. Do a School of Rock, yeah. Might be a personal thing <laughs> yeah. right now, but anyway. Um, but, you know, something like that up to... A, being, we- a wedding. A wedding. Having to cancel a wedding that's been planned for the last yep. two or three years. No one years. that's on the weekend that's getting cancelled. Absolutely, it's huge. And that is massive grief oh, for people, doubt. real grief. And in these times of crisis, what we can do as well is do what's called comparative suffering. So we do the whole, okay, well, I'm losing a wedding, but, oh, you know, you're only losing a wedding. So-and-so lost their dad, you know, that sort of stuff. Grief is grief. Trauma is trauma. And we have to actually acknowledge that. You you can't compare the two. You can't compare and you shouldn't compare. Grief and empathy and compassion is unlimited. Correct. We don't have to siphon it out little bits and pieces. So, you know, because I've given empathy for somebody losing their dad, I I don't have enough empathy left for the person who's upset because they're not able to go on their weekend trip away with their kids. Mm. That's still grief. Yeah, absolutely. People deal with it in different ways. So as a leader, it's a real opportunity to be really focused on how are my people responding in this time, not just in a work basis because we always go to productivity and whatnot, but how are they emotionally dealing with this? Mm. You know, I know uh, one of our team just today was saying, I'm feeling really distracted because I I've, I've just keep thinking about my friends who, you know, might lose their business or my, you know, my girlfriend who's 
interstate right now and how are they going to get back and you know it's that distraction of life going around us where everybody's being impacted by this that's real and we have an opportunity as leaders to be really to really tap into our compassion not just our empathy but our compassion in this so you know the difference between empathy and compassion compassion Ex- is active. yeah so, <laughs> so i em- might but yeah, people on the other good line point be, yeah. good point so empathy is essentially connecting in with the emotion that the other person is feeling it's i've felt sadness before so i can connect with you and i can be there for you as you are in sadness yep. compassion is the active side of it I'm going to do something that's going to help you yeah. in that. It's a doing. It's more of a doing yeah. thing, yeah. So empathy and compassion are useful in this time, like really, really useful. So I think for me that's probably the number one for leaders during this time of crisis. So spinning that to the people who are working within the business and not necessarily in a leadership role. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone is a leader in their own right, yeah. but not necessarily in a leadership role where they have direct reports and whatnot. What can these employees do to build their culture, continue to add to their culture um, if their manager or leader is focused in other areas or they're just not even in the, within the business? How do they? Well, yeah, and this is the thing we face anyway on a day-to-day basis anytime you talk about culture with a business it's what if my leader doesn't want to do anything about it is it just the leader that can do stuff it's not we have all got a part to play in making the place that we work enjoyable effective customer-centric you know getting those great outcomes it's all of our job to do that so culture is not somebody's business it's everybody's business mm. so as an employee during this time the best thing that we can be doing is actually connecting with each other you know how can we draw on each other to support each other through this whether it is emotionally uh, whether it's i know dan read this book last week on virtual teams i'm going to actually talk to him about what were the you know five key takeaways that Absolutely. he had from vir- that virtual team book because now I'm in the situation you know I'm going to draw on my colleague who I know you know works from home every so often I've not really done it before but they do it every school holidays I'm going to draw on them you know to say hey how do you how do you balance everything you know my Mm. my husband's now telling me they they want me to do the the laundry today you know it's like well no I'm sorry but the laundry gets done when the laundry always gets done, yeah. not in the middle of the workday because I'm working. Um, I've had those, a few of those conversations with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> that's bringing, right. Stop bringing her into this. No, no, that. that's right. No, because your wife is awesome. So yeah. <laughs> you're a very lucky man. <laughs> yeah, but it's those different things, you know, that how do you, you know, how do you work in a in a way that's very different? It might feel very un, unusual for you. Working yes. from home, you know, it's the... What's well, the disconnection thing for me from an employee? It's, mm. it's, I'm thinking of some friends of mine who have been asked to work from home during this time and the comment that was made to me was, I don't have really any responsibility. Mm, yeah. I don't, I'm just doing what I need to do yeah. and, and not really going over and above what I need to do right yeah. now. I'm just doing what... Yeah, what the business is actually asking from me. So already in that Mm. comment alone, I can see the productivity and innovation and proactiveness being completely decimated purely because this is new. Absolutely. It it, it, it definitely won't be this way forever, but right now it's a problem. 
It's yeah, a yeah, and that's that's the the uncertainty coming through. Correct, it's yeah. not being clear how you're setting clear expectations Correct, in this absolutely. period of time. So that goes back to the leader setting it, clear expectations. Uh, absolutely, yeah. it does. And and also, it's, there's on the you know the person that's doing the work is asking for those clear yeah. expectations as well. I'm at home because. The flip opposite is people working from home and they get up at 8 o'clock in the morning and they start working yeah. and they don't stop until 8 or 9 o'clock at night. And, you know, as a... Because you know, there's that guilt, I because guess. Because there's yeah. almost a bit of a guilt. Yeah. Like, am I going to be caught out for yeah. doing things? I want to make sure I'm doing the right thing. That's things, right. Yeah. But you think about if I'm coming to work, I've got a commute. I start at 9 o'clock. Let's pretend it's 9 o'clock that I start and I finish at 5 o'clock. We'll just pretend that we do a 9 5 you know, in normal business, yep. and I have a half-hour lunch break, and then I go and get my coffee at 10 o'clock, and I stand in the lunchroom having a chat, and then I grab a biscuit, and then I go in the afternoon, and I might go out and grab a, you know, a, a, a donut from the local cafe, and, you know, I might walk down to the, the coffee shop with my mates, you know, to get a coffee, yeah, and I walk yeah. back in the middle of the day. Yep. So by the end of a working day, a traditional working day, there's probably a two or three hours mm-hmm. that's gone just by, you know, chatting about weekends, and what was that thing? Did you watch the whatever the latest Bachelor oh, show is on? You know, the really television show of the moment. You know, what handbag the Kardashians have bought on the weekend. You know, it's all that really important stuff. And if stuff. you are a social person. <laughs> yeah, that's all I remember part when of I was it. working in the environment, I used to always sit where everyone would always walk because yeah. I loved the fact <laughs> the that interaction. people. Yeah, I loved that yeah. people, but I've probably that's lost right. four or five hours a day. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. We won't get into that. No, that's right. Yes, I do remember having a conversation with one <laughs> yeah, of the we, people in my team about. No, we won't, we won't go into that. I said, <laughs> <laughs> but it is it is a good point that there are different kinds of people, and they already put their own set of expectations on work. So if leaders aren't being really clear about what they're expecting, if the they're more managed on their time rather than their outcomes it's working from home is more of a challenge absolutely mm. and we say work from home it's actually virtual working is what we're talking about because you can work from anywhere really. you can yeah remote working from anywhere go to a cafe well not well not in today's <laughs> right environment now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right we're all avoiding cafes as well goodness actually that's a point right if you're listening to this right now go and buy locally yeah. Like go buy from your local fruit and veg place, your local cafe, instead of the big companies. You know, McDonald's will be okay. They will be okay. Yeah. But the local true. cafe might not be during this time if they don't have people still going in and buying their morning coffee. So think local. Yeah, it's really That's scary. That's my community service announcement. Well, it is. It's really <laughs> scary because, you know, the local pop-up coffee shops and breakfast clubs and all this sort of stuff mm. is, is – has been really fantastic of late. Absolutely. And they're going to suffer. Yeah. The people not coming in, it's going to suffer. And yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah. Look, we're going to sort of wrap up in a sec. One question I'm really keen to ask is right now, you know, you and I are in, in the same boat. So we're, we're working through this as best we can. But what's one piece of advice that you could give business owners, directors, board members, all the like during this time? Yeah. What is a, one piece of advice? If you think you're communicating enough, double it. Double it. Double it. Yeah, absolutely. In this time, if you're talking to your staff members three times a day, double it to six times a day. People need to stay connected. They mm. need information. And the uncertainty will unravel you before anything else will. 
you might not be able to answer all the questions, but at the very least, that provides certainty that you are in the same boat. Does that promote, like, oh, sorry, that's distraction though, the more you get. So, that, so the leader, I guess, or business owners might feel, well, I don't want to bother them too much because I don't want to distract them. Is that, so you're actually saying that that is not a distraction? If you are connecting with people and having an hour conversation every three hours, then that's a problem. Correct. Yeah. That, that's a problem anyway. Yeah. I'm talking about if send a text message, send a send a quick you know a quick email, do a quick video conference, you know, yeah. with your team, fifteen minutes in the afternoon. You can find different ways of being able yeah, to connect absolutely. with people without it becoming a big distraction. But absolutely. And when I said double it, it's usually because people do maybe once a day yeah, or not even right. you know it might be get to the end of the week and they go I should check in with Jack because Jack's been at home for the week maybe I'll check in on Friday with Jack yeah. maybe check in on Tuesday and Thursday and Friday with Jack just to make sure Jack is actually okay absolutely you know yeah, and just connecting so this could actually breed some really good communication habits as well because if they're in the workplace and you check in with them on Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, that's probably a good thing to keep going with anyway. Brilliant. Fortunately, the circumstances that have created this podcast haven't been that great, I guess. However, there is a real importance to continue working, building on the culture within mm. businesses mm. and really, like you said, communication, keeping communication yeah. with your people through this time to reduce that uncertainty and fear to an element I guess it's not going to be completely reduced but it's been really great advice Mm. I believe that you and some great comments from you so thank you very much thank you I think there's a there's a quote that I'll I'll leave you with is by George Bernard Shaw which is the myth about communication the biggest myth about communication is that it actually happens yeah communicate 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 in this period of time just back to basics yeah it's critical Thank you very much, Michelle. Thank you, Daniel. Good luck with everybody out there. Happy travels. Don't give up. There's a a lot at the end of this. We can. Absolutely. We've seen it before. We'll stay in it together. We're in it together. Global community nowadays, that's where we're at. Absolutely. That should be where we stay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you once again for joining us here at Creating Synergy. It's been great spending this time with you. Please jump onto the Synergy IQ Facebook page where the discussion continues after the show. Join our mailing list so you'll know what's happening next at synergyiq.com.au. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And if you really enjoyed it, please share it with your friends.